Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Your word is quick. Your word is powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. I just pray today that you will speak through me. I pray, Lord, you will make my tongue like that of a ready writer. I pray, Lord, that grace will be released even as I speak. The creative power of your word uh, will will be set in motion to create the reality of your word in our lives. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I'm going to do a series in the next few weeks, you know, around uh, kingdom prosperity. Because when you talk about kingdom, one of the things uh, every uh, we identify a kingdom with is its prosperity. See, the prosperity and the power of the kingdom. The prosperity, the power, and the influence of a kingdom is what makes a kingdom unique. And it's what any kingdom really prides itself in. Uh, So I'm going to talk about that subject uh, in the next few weeks because our king is a wonderful king. The kingdom... Of God is about a king who is who loves his subjects and who delights in their prosperity. We will do anything for them, including giving his life. The Bible says, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that even though he was rich, yet he became poor, so that through his poverty we can be rich. The Lord delights in the prosperity of his people. Uh, But oftentimes there's a disconnect. Uh, There's a disconnect between how he sees prosperity and how we view prosperity. Oftentimes there's a disconnect in how we access his prosperity uh, and how we go about accessing his prosperity. And sometimes there's a clash because now there's a world view of the kingdom and there is a world view of the world. So it's important for us as children of the kingdom, because that's really our theme for the year, to fully understand what the kingdom of God is, because that's the gospel that Jesus preached. The kingdom of God is here. And when we give our life to Jesus, we enter into kingdom, and the kingdom as a lifestyle. And part of it is the prosperity of the kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. Today we're going to talk about the principle that is very fundamental. It is called the principle of the source. The principle of the source. I want you to repeat after me, the principle of the source. All right. Uh, And I'm going to like to start from a a passage that I just, uh, I thought is very intriguing. Uh, Hopefully we'll at least uh, be, you know, give you, it's a good way to start, to to talk about why the source is very important. Uh, 
Second Kings chapter 2, I will read about um, three or four verses there, three verses, and, you know, just, 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 just explain it a little bit. Then the man of the city said to Elisha, please notice, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad, and the ground barren. And he said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the source of the water. I want you to notice that phrase. He went to the source of the water and cast in the salt there and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it there shall be no more death or barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day, according to the word of Elisha, when, which he spoke. Hallelujah. So they went to him and said, you know what, on the surface, the, the, the city is fine, right? The situation is pleasant, uh, as you can see, all right? But there's a very, very serious problem. The water is bad. Uh, maybe he has too much chemical, whatever. And as a result of bad water, the, the land is barren. And this is an agrarian society. Bad water means, you know, nothing. You can't produce. And so there is serious problem. But I love the way the prophet dealt with the issue. You know, he didn't try to just say, you know what, Let's look at the pipe that is carrying water. You know, sometimes we look at symptoms, right? He didn't address the symptoms. He didn't go, you know, he didn't just try to heal or do something that is on the surface. He asked them, where is the source of the water that is coming to the city? And because whatever we need to address has to be addressed at the source. How many of us know a lot of times in life, we address situations and problems not at the source. We address symptoms, right? We don't address the source. So the prophet here went to the source. Uh, whatever the Lord told him to do, put a salt in the water, in a bowl of water. But he went to where the source of the water is and performed the miracle there so that that miracle can be permanent. Praise the name of Jesus. When it comes to our prosperity, it is really important for a child of the kingdom to clearly identify where is my source. Where is my source? That is very, very fundamental. Uh, many believers and many of us, including me at times, struggle with that conviction. Where is your source. And oftentimes we mix together the means and the source. You see, a lot of times, you know, the means is not the source. If you go to your house, you know, you have running water. You go to your sink, right? You open up the tap and the tap brings water. Many of us assume it is the tap that is providing you the water. 
Any of us, you don't, you don't even care. The water just comes out. I mean, wherever it's coming from, is it falling from heaven? Is it somewhere, you know, and water comes, you know? But in many parts of the world, they don't have that luxury, right? They have to know how the water gets to the pipe. They understand that the water doesn't just jump to the pipe, right? The sink, I mean, the pipe, the tap, those, that's the vehicle, right? The means by which the water gets to you from some source, all right? Somehow, something connects the source to you, and you are able to get that water. And a lot of times, we don't understand that even in our lives either. We conflict the means by which God is blessing us to the source of the blessing. I want to let you know that your job is not the source of your blessing. That's a means of your blessing. All right? Your business is not the source. It is a means. It is a vehicle. Right? It's not even your talent, your gift. That is how God de- uh, determined in his, in his own wisdom to use as a means of blessing us. And a lot of time we get into serious trouble and we run a very, very major risk when we forget. Because the problem tends to be if the water is always flowing, you begin to associate the means to the source, right? All right? You begin to. When I travel, uh, every once in a while I travel back home to Nigeria. You know, usually they are clear with that. You know, they, that, they don't confuse that. Because everybody has their well, borehole, right? And they have some tank up there, all right? And they pump the water by themselves. They have to install a pump, all right, that pumps the water from the well or the borehole into the tank. And so when the water is not running, they know there's something at the source, Right? So they are able to associate it because it doesn't work all the time. So it's easier for them. Now, for us in America, Western world, we forget easily. We don't even think about that. I mean, you just turn it. If it's not working, you're like, what? What's going on? And you begin to, you even beat the, what is wrong with this? The reason is because of constancy, Right? Uh, you know, with which the water runs, you begin to associate the source, I mean the means to the source. It is very important if you're going to really enjoy the prosperity of the kingdom, right, to really clearly define that and come come out with a very solid conviction about your source. I want to turn to your neighbor and say, where is your source? That's why David in Psalm 121 verses 1 to 2 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is what he said. Praise the name of Jesus. Where does your help come from? Is it from the hill or from people? Oftentimes, we don't, we are confused about that. 
there is no serious conviction in our heart about where the source of our help will be. It is very important if you are going to enjoy God's blessing, God's prosperity, because this is important for God, for us to know that He is our source. In Isaiah chapter 31, Isaiah chapter 31, uh, verses 1, 2, 3, See, the Lord chastised the children of Israel. I mean, because this began to happen. They began to confuse the means and the source. And this is what he said to them in verse 1. He said, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses. I want you to notice the word, rely on, Right? Didn't have problem with them using horses. They used horses several times. That's they needed horses to run. But he said they rely on horses. Who trust in chariots because they are many. You see that now. Now they began to put their trust at this point. See, before now they couldn't trust in others. They didn't even have them. Right. Israel needed to rely on God to fight on battle. And sometimes God will even give them stupid instructions. You know, he would, he would tell them, just be singing and I will be fighting. And they're like, what? Sing? Praise and worship? I mean, you're about to fight people who come with you with arrows, with bows, and all these things. And he said, you know, just put the worship leaders in front or just run around the town and just be shouting hallelujah. And they're like, What? I mean, they, they were good. They were, they were able to do that, and God fought them. I mean, there are times they really fought. But there are times they were fighting, but some other army were fighting on their behalf. All right? And it looked like they were much more. I mean, they, they have gone through all this time. But at this time, they became a very strong nation. Right? Now, they could produce their own ammunition. And usually, they go to Egypt for that. Egypt was... United States of America at the time, right? Every country in this world wants to associate themselves with either the U.S. or Russia, you know, to get their ammunition. You know, that's, that's so. So they were producing their ammunition in Egypt. They were getting chariots. They were getting this. And the Lord is trying to warn them. He says, you trust. Woe to those who trust in chariots because they are many. And horsemen. Now they now have people, military people, right? Trained to ride the horse. And they trust in their horsemen because they are strong. Now they have strong horsemen. Before, they couldn't even do anything. All right? Now they began to put their trust in this. And it's in a, it continued. But who do not look to the Holy One of Israel? nor seek the Lord. So at this point, they no longer look. They no longer went to God to pray. They no longer cried to the Lord in a day of battle. Now they say, you know what, why should we do that? We have ammunition. We have chariots. We have horses. And we even have strong men. Gone are those days we have to rely on little David. We have our own Goliath. Strong people who can fight. And God said, ha, 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 you are asking for trouble. I want to, I want to jump to verse 3. And the reason why the Lord told them is this. He said, now the Egyptians are men. 
and not God. And their horses, flesh and not spirits. I want you to understand that. Your source must be God, not man. Your source must be spirit, not flesh. It is very, very important as a believer to identify that. Come to a conclusion and understanding that God is your source. So it doesn't matter what means he's using, right? And you understand that because he's your source, he can use any means. Praise the name of Jesus. That's one good thing about God. He can use any means to bless you. Hallelujah. Let's go to New Testament and read about two verses of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says, For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? What do you have that you did not receive? See, there's nothing that you have right now that is not a gift from God. Do you know that, I mean, do you realize that we, as we grow up, we all of a sudden, there are some things we just realize we are good at. We just good at math, good at science, good at business. Those things came from God. They are things that just naturally came to us, right? Some of us are smart. Some of us are not so smart in books, but we are smart in other things. Smartness is not equal to being rich, by the way. Sometimes you should be very careful when you're too smart. But, but you get what I'm talking about now. I mean, you can say, oh, yeah, I work hard. Who gave you the energy to work hard? Who gave you the opportunities that you have? You know, there are so many people working harder than you are, than you are right? And who are struggling. In fact, there are so many people who are smarter. Some of us, we know this. We went to school with some brilliant people. 10, 20 years, you're like, what happened to him? I mean, why is he still struggling? Or why is she struggling? I mean, we thought by now, I mean, this guy used to be the person we all look up to. So it's very important for us to know that, you know, there is nothing that we have that we did not receive. I want you to turn to your neighbor and just advise them. There is nothing that you have that you did not receive. Hallelujah. So God is our source. That principle is critical if we are going to enjoy God's prosperity. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. That's another verse I want to, I want to use today to help you. Understand that God wants to be the source. Verse 17, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So, because chances are, 
as we do better in life. And this happened to all of us. There's something silly about us as humans. Very, very, very silly and stupid. That as we do well in life, we tend to just become arrogant. I mean, we tend to just become arrogant. Just think we are better than everybody. That's why we have what we have. We just think, who cares about God? Who cares about this? We put our hope in their word. He said, command them, warn them, instruct them, challenge them not to be arrogant. Don't go around thinking you are better than others just because you make six figures and they don't. They can, it can disappear. He said, it is so uncertain. It is so uncertain. If you're, you know, if you're uh, older in age a little bit, you know that we've been through that, right? People would just thought there was a time it was dot com. If you have any company that is called dot com, you're making a lot of money. How many of us remember that? So, 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 dot com, dot com. People put their investment in the stock market, you know, and boom, everything crashed. People started committing suicide everywhere. People started, you know, things went awire. Stock market was down. We've been there. We've been through that before. You know, just a few years ago, it was housing, buying, flipping, buying, flipping. People buying a house. They are moving to a house. They, they're getting a car at the same time. All this, everything rolled together in the, in, the, in the financing agreement, right? And everybody's driving around, you know, oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah, yeah. A few years later, busted. We've seen that. Because wealth is uncertain. Doesn't matter whether it's tied to whatever index, whatever market, whatever country. United States, Africa. I mean, every time it's, oh, this country is raining. Before you know it, busted. Oh, China. Let's go to China. It's a question of time. Everybody rush. Oh, yeah, Africa is it now. Before you know it, something is changing. It is so uncertain. All right? But what should we do? Put their hope in God. And I want to challenge you, children of God, put your hope in God. And the good thing is, it's not a stingy God. I like the way he qualified that. What did he say? Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. God even likes us to enjoy. Hallelujah. He provides us everything for our enjoyment. So it's very important to really address this principle of the source. Do you know that every nation in the world look to their government as their source? Almost every nation, right? Isn't that why we elect, we elect people, right? Can they provide food? Right? Can they provide housing? All right? Shelter, right? They use the word shelter. 
Can they provide security? Right? Isn't that why we elect politicians? Can they secure us? Can they house? Can they provide free housing or make housing cheaper, affordable, so we can, you know, can they make goods good? Can they make services? That is why everywhere, it doesn't matter where, which country you mention, every country, that is why we elect presidents or prime minister or whatever it's called. And when we elect them, we feel they are not providing them, right? What do we do? We vote them out. Another person will come and lie to us, right? And say, I can do it better. Oh, in fact, I can, I can make everything better. In fact, it is going to be huge. And we just say, it's going to be so good. And everybody say, yeah, right? And we vote the other person and get the other person. Hey, what happened four years later or eight years later? We are disappointed again. And another person come and say, this is going to be great. All right? It's going to say, make America better or greater. And everybody say, yeah. And we vote them. That is how it works. Do you know that in the kingdom, it is not that different? God wants us to look to him to provide all those things. It's very, very, very important. Let's go to Matthew. Uh, we have a few minutes, and we go through the scripture we read and bring out, a, bring out a few points, and we're going to close on our part one of the kingdom prosperity. So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Now, there are four things he brought out here that are very, very important. And those are four hindrances to enjoy kingdom prosperity. You see, the pro kingdom prosperity is prosperity that comes from the king. Prosperity, that is, that come by the principles, the economy of the kingdom of God. You know, the first thing he mentions here is worry. So therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. It's not, your life, it's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. And he said that, that don't live your life in worry because you worship what you worry about. You see, our worry becomes our worship. And that's very, very important. Sometimes worry means you're so concerned. And there are different ways we express those concerns. Some of us express those concerns, you know, by, you know, we are immobilized, we are down, we are sad. Some of us, we are consumed by them because we are worried about them. And we allow those things to determine all our actions. All our actions is wrong. Our, our thinking, everything is dominated by my life. Life, future. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Right? Food, shelter, security. When you are consumed by that, it becomes a hindrance. 
Jesus says here, don't worry about those. You see, don't be so consumed to the point that you are immobilized by them. That's what he's talking about. That's what worry does. When you worry about something, you see that you are, you are concerned to the point of you are so affected, immobilized, messed up. Your mood is messed up because of your concern for things. That's what worry means. He said, don't worry about your life. Don't be so concerned that you are immobilized, that you are unable to function properly. Worry is very, it's dangerous. And he went on to say, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. And he's saying, be attentive. You see, inattentiveness is what enhances worry, especially as children of God. All right? He said, be attentive. He said, I want you to look. Look. Pay attention. Look at the birds of the air. Look at it. Look at how, you know, the birds of the air, they do not sow. They do not reap. They do not store away in bands. And yet, your father feeds them. Are you much more valuable than they? Can any of you, can any of you by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Do people get better by worrying? Do situations get solved by worrying? In fact, it gets worse. A lot of times, it might not even change the situation, but you get worse, right? You get worse, you are messed up, blood pressure goes up, you know, you are immobilized, uh, you become irritable, uh, you become a terror to everyone around you, right? Because of your worry. And he says, you know, that's the problem. You cannot add anything to your life. You cannot make yourself better. If anything, you're going to reduce your life by worry. Worry reduces our lifespan by bringing all manner of sicknesses and diseases. And he said, you can't do that. Now, verse 20, why do you worry about clothes? Be attentive. See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. You know, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of this. So I want you to just think. Oftentimes, we don't think, we don't, we are inattentive. And that's why we worry. Verse 30, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire. You know, that's, that's grass. Grass, they, they offer no revalue. Today, tomorrow, yet they are so delicately dressed by God. Will he not dress you? Will he not take care of you? And he said, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? 
So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans, the unbelievers, people who are not in the kingdom, people who don't know God, they run after these things. Let them worry about them. Let them run after them. Let them be controlled by them. Let them spend their life worrying about them. And he said, your heavenly father knows that you need them. That's very important. Verse 33, he tells us what to do. You know, he spent from 36, I mean from 25 to 32, he brought four things that hinders kingdom prosperity. All right? Number one is worry. Right? And he kept saying, don't worry. And I described what worry is when you are so concerned to the point of being immobilized by you are consumed by the thought of something that it really begins to paralyze you and immobilize you. Number two, he said pursuit of them. Don't pursue them. That's number two. Pursuit of things. When you make those things the focus of your pursuit, you rob yourself because you are now no longer acknowledging the source. All right? When you make those things your object of pursuit. We sang this morning, Jesus, you're the center of my focus. As I say, I have set the Lord always before me. Always. Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. It's very important. A believer who is not fully grounded in this understanding can live their life just almost like an unbeliever. And there are so many Christians who live practically, really, their life is like unbelievers. Apart from the fact that they are saved, they've accepted Jesus, they will go to heaven. But for all practical purposes, the way they live their life day by day, there's no difference. There's no difference. I mean, they just they run after things. I mean, things that controls them, things that anger them, things that determine their mood. There are things that run unbelievers' life, right? If what controls, runs unbelievers' life is what controls you, then something is really wrong. Something is wrong. And I think this passage of the scripture you should spend some more time on it. Pray over them until it becomes a revelation to you. Praise the name of Jesus. So pursuit of things is very important. Inattentiveness. And I think I've mentioned that, right? He kept saying, you are not connecting the dots. Right? As believer, which he said, I want you to connect the dot. The God you serve, that you claim to be your father. Right? He clothes the flowers. He feeds the birds. Why not you? Turn to your neighbor. Say, why not you? So why do you think he's not interested in you? Why do you think he doesn't? No, he is. He cares for you. And, that's, and I'm speaking to some people today. He does. doesn't matter what it is right now. He cares for you. He is interested in your prosperity. 
Praise the name of Jesus. And all these three things, worry, pursuit of things, inattentiveness, culminate in lack of faith. Isn't that how he ended it? In verse 30, verse 30 right? We need not much more clothe you, you of little faith. You see, when we worry, we're not attentive. We're not understanding God. We're not, you know, studying how he operates and aligning ourselves with it. There's no way you can have faith. You see, faith is a product of aligning with God's way of doing things. You see, when there is no faith, obviously we abandon. I mean, we just go to what is more logical for us. Faith is also logic. It is just a different kind of logic, right? It is God's kind of logic. It is kingdom kind of logic, all right? It is understanding how God operates and putting that in action, putting our faith in that, and we see God work on our behalf. Praise the name of Jesus. And he gives us, but he gives us two things he wants us to be consumed. Two things he wants us to be consumed about. Number one, he said in verse 33, he now said, but this is what you should be consumed about. This is what should be much more important. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. See, the two are really connected. You see, the kingdom... It's a lifestyle. It's a new way of doing things. And he's saying, seek to understand that. That's what he's talking about. You know, when we say, oh, seek the kingdom, it's even so vague that people don't understand what it means. You see, the kingdom is, you know, we've, we've defined it over and over again. Pastor Gandhi also talked about it last week. It is God's way of doing things. It is Obviously, the king and domain. The king came and Jesus told us this parable over and over again. The, the parable is about a king who came, conquered, who, you know, who got a place. The king came to create a domain. Yes? And if any man is born again, he enters into that kingdom. The kingdom has his oppression, his way of doing things, constitution, you know, culture, economy, currency. Last week we talked about faith as the currency of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is really, you know, is, is much more than, it's not church. There are so many people who seek church and they think that is the kingdom. All right? Church can help you to understand the kingdom more. If, it is, if there is good teaching there, right? Church will teach you a lot of principles if it is a church that is well run. But he's saying, seek the kingdom. Seek to understand. This, my God, my king, what is his ideology? All right? What does he believe in? How does God operate? What are the tools he has provided? Hallelujah. You know, I was accused that I always face this, so I'm going to face this a little. The video people say fast. It looks like when you get walked up, you just go to that side. What is going on? So I'm going to stay here now. 
Hallelujah. So it's important for us to know that when we talk about seeking the kingdom, we're talking about, you know, and the kingdom is something you seek. Bible says the kingdom of God is like a lost coin. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a woman who lost a coin, abandoned, and he looked for that coin. The kingdom of God is a seed. What are those things talking about? Seek to understand the inner workings of the kingdom. Kingdom principle. What is, what is kingdom way of life? What is it about? Seek that. Now he says, seek also his righteousness. See, the context he's talking about here, it is righteousness means alignment here. You see, now, it is not enough to understand how the kingdom operates. Now align yourself. That's the context he's talking about here. Is that align yourself? Be in right standing. All right? Understand it. If you live in America, you know your credit is important, so you, you know you want to make sure if you want to do anything, you need a good credit. You need this, you need that. If you keep ignoring that, what happens to you? You're not able to function. I remember when I moved to the United States, I was about 25. So a year after I started, I think a few months later, I, was, I started applying to schools, and they started talking about selective service. I'm like, what is that? So you can't apply to this. You didn't register for selective service. What is that? (laughs) You don't qualify for this. You don't qualify for that. You know, you don't qualify. This is flying over some people say they understand. What is selective service? So I have to write a letter to say, you know, I move in. I was over 25. You know, so I couldn't register for selective service. So that is very important to understand that, to understand these are needed, this is this. If I don't this, if I don't understand this, it will be a stumbling block, right? If you don't understand the rules, so it's important for you to understand that the kingdom operates that way in the spirit. And align yourself. That is what is called righteousness. He said, when you put that first, you have a king who is committed to your welfare. You have a king who is going to ensure what you are going to eat, what you are going to drink, what you are going to wear, your shelter, your security, and some excess will be added to you. Praise the name of Jesus. Because our God is God that gives us all things richly to enjoy. And that will be your portion. In Jesus' name. It's my prayer for you that you will recognize your source. The Lord will help you to know your means is not your source. You see, means can be damaged anytime. Means can go up and down. And in fact, sometimes God removes some means from us because we are putting our faith in them. Because you are putting your trust in them. Because those things are flesh, they are not spirits. Those things are men, not God. 
God wants to make sure he removes those things from you so that you can go back to God. Many times when we go through challenges, that's why. Many times, instead of getting angry at people, instead of being offended, instead of blaming people for not helping you, blaming your family, or just, you know, that is an opportunity to stretch and say, God, I will look up to the hills from whence my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord who makes the heaven and the earth. He promised I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's when you go deeper in your faith. Don't become a person of little faith, inattentive to God, just because of what you are going through. Praise the name of Jesus. I want us to rise up and pray today. I want us to rise up and pray. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Can we thank him because he's our source? Lord, you are my source. Lord, you are my source. Just declare that. Just declare that. Say, my job is not my source. My boss is not my source. My career is not my source. My strength is not my source. My intelligence is not my source. My ability to run around and, you know, and work 80 hours, that's not my source. Lord, you are my source. I want you to just acknowledge that. Say, Lord, you are my source. You are my source. You are my source. You are my source. I want you to say, Lord, I reject every temptation to put my hope in things, to put my hope in my means. I reject them. You know, the enemy pulls us that. So we are no longer in right standing. That's what he wants. The enemy trying to trick us, trying to pull us. Lord, I reject every temptation to even begin to think of any other thing as my source. Lord, I thank you that because you are my source, I shall not want. I shall not lack. And I thank you most importantly because you, you are interested in my welfare. You are God that gives me all things richly to enjoy. You delight in my prosperity. Yes, I put my hope in you because the Bible says you provide everything for me to enjoy, to richly enjoy. Father, thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. While all heads are bowed, I'm going to just, please bow down your heads. I'm going to pray. If you are here today, you cannot really say God is your king. Don't forget, he's a king, the kingdom. You have to belong to the kingdom to be able to enjoy the benefit of the kingdom. God cannot be your source if he's not your Lord. And if you want to make that decision, I want you to lift up your right hand. I'd like to pray for you. It's a very simple prayer. Thank you. God bless you. You want to make that decision? Please don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Raise it. Raise it. If you're trying to raise it, young lady out there, just raise it. I'd like to pray for you. You want to make him your source? Amen. God bless you. Any other person in the house? God bless you. I want you to place that your hand on your chest. And I'm going to just lead you in a simple prayer. I want you to say, Jesus, I thank you because you died so that I can be born again, so that I can be forgiven and I can enter into the kingdom. Today, I confess you are my Lord. I believe that you died, you were buried, you rose again the third day because of me. From today, I am a child of the kingdom. Holy Spirit, come into my life and help me 
to live the kingdom lifestyle. Thank you in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, you will continue to breathe the breath of life. This word today, there are seeds sown into our heart. I pray it will germinate and bear fruits. Fruit of abundance. Fruit of kingdom prosperity. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.